Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Uh, good. Exciting. I'm a, I'm in the excited mood. Uh, this week is what we're affectionately calling Fox DenCon, which is Fox has been calling it uh, Fall of EndCon. That that makes sense. Be- I like that. Makes because sense. we called what this event that was originally supposed to happen a few months ago. We talked about that on the show. Um, we called EndCon because yeah. Gen Con was canceled and it's 2020, so mm-hmm. it's the end times. Not really, but as a joke. Yep. And since it's fall, he's calling it fall. So witty, that Fox. So witty. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that, that's uh, tomorrow. Uh, Fox is already um, on his journey, sojourn all the way from where he lives out mm-hmm. east to, to the, the Midwest here. Uh, to Bloomington, yep, so yep. he's halfway there, staying at, at a, a friend who the show who's been on, uh, uh, Cogswell, staying there, yep, and then he'll be tomorrow, contest. and you're going to make a trip with uh, some of your family members, right? Yep. yep. Is that is it coming down tomorrow? Four hours, four hours, three hours, three hours. Uh, four, four and a half, depending on. I don't, uh, I don't drive as aggressively as I did when I was a teenager. So, um, and I and I kind of stop often because I have a small car, but. Of three of us, and we probably won't stop too many times. Sometimes, if I'm by myself, I'll stop in Indianapolis for like an hour. Oh, yeah, go, go to Fries and stuff, don't you? Back when, back when Fries was still open, yeah. and uh, yeah, do back when stores were we open. <laughs> back when stores were a thing, yeah, yeah, we won't be doing too much of that. So it's it's really like four and a half. Oh, that's that's quite a drive still. You get exhausted by the time you get here. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit. Right. So, so uh, Gen Con is. The best four days of gaming, as people know, but there's always a like the day before that people go start to have like the Wednesday before it's that night rumbling where everybody gets together, they're ready to do, and they're still. But it's not officially Gen Con yet, but it's the Wednesday before. That's our Thursday, I think, right? right. Where we're all kind of still working during the days or traveling or whatever, and then Thursday mm-hmm, comes and it's mm-hmm. just the night easy day, and then we're all going to hit it hard Friday morning. And speaking of Gen Con, did you uh, did you buy any discounted merch? Did you get the emails about that? I did not buy any discounted merch. No. I I fell for it. I bought a shot glass because I have shot glasses going back to ah. I think like sixteen or seventeen. I didn't I didn't get them every year. I didn't start collecting shot glasses as far back as when I started going to Gen Con. That makes sense. But I got one for this year and I bought one of those badge wallets that everybody has. Oh, okay, sure. Like, I don't know. I was I was feeling a little sad and nostalgic that it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Of course that made me want to spend money because <laughs> Gen Con is for me all about spending money. I'll spend the money. Well, the 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 badge wallet's not a bad idea. You know, you're going to use it in the future, so that's Yeah, good. I'll use it. And next shot year, glasses so. make sense. I, I do I do coffee mug stuff when I go on trips. I always get a tourist coffee mug. So I, I know how that is. You get you get the thing that that makes sense. I know that for me, like when I always go up to that Gen Con store, it's always like, I don't need more crap. Like I, this is the crap I don't need. Like all of it. I don't need an extra t-shirt. I don't need an extra coffee right, mug. Right. I don't need an extra shirts, water bottle. I mean, shirts you'll wear. I sure stop. I have enough I shirts. stopped collecting <laughs> coffee mugs after the first or second time that I purged all my mugs. I'm like, I have one mug that I use every day. Like yeah. I need a couple at most. Like I don't need 12 for one person. And yep, yep. so I try not to buy those, but uh, shot glasses are my thing, my like souvenir thing. Because you could almost anywhere you go that's touristy, you can find a shot glass. It's, so. it's, oh, totally. I, I actually had purged uh, coffee mugs once once upon a time, and 
I still only, I'd said this on the show before is that, I, you know, I get, I get one when I go a place like a, on a trip somewhere and I'll buy a coffee mm-hmm. mug of like Chicago or of, you know, wherever I'm at. Yeah. It's the gorilla is it's just got to say the place's name on it. Right. And then I put those at work on my, I have a bookshelf that's got them all kind of displayed and then I will use those. But at home I purge them all except for like I have a dish set, which is used for people mm-hmm. who come in and have coffee or ICG con. I rarely ever use it. Right. I might have one coffee cup at home, but now that I'm at home at COVID times, I brought some of those coffee mugs home and I have way too many. I'm like, man, yeah, maybe I just need to purge away my set stuff because I don't, I don't need any of that. I don't need that many. I, I don't know. Then Shelly comes and spends the weekend, and then she drinks coffee all the time, and it's they're all dirty. So <laughs> sure, sure. So we got, like I said, got a couple of days. We're gonna play some play some games. That's that's my most excited thing. I mean, seeing friends is just like a Gen Con thing. It's it's one of the best highlights is in hanging out with buds and friends, and that's great. Um, but we haven't played. I have not played face-to-face games, many of us. I know you've played with family, but haven't played yep. a lot of face-to-face games in six, seven months. That's... No, I mean, it was... Uh, it was ICG Con for me. Yeah, I th- I, same here, for sure. The Now, for our listeners here, we're, you know, several of us are being responsible. There's lots of people here who are getting tested before they come, isolating before. If people are worried about that, other people are making their own choices. Um, I, for one, am going to wear a mask. That's just... I my own personal choice. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff this year for people that like, we're doing a lot of outdoor things, having games outdoors and mm-hmm, spaced mm-hmm. apart and planning those kind of things. And people are coming just for those, whatever they most feel comfortable with. And we're, you know, we're, we're being responsible, not trying to make a super spreader event, but we're um, whatever each person feels good at. And we've got a good group of friends who, can make up their own minds and do their own stuff and are supportive of each other either way. Yeah. And we're, and we're also not, I think Sarah made cookies. So she was asking me how many people are going to be there. And I'm like, I think, I think we're really looking at like between six and 10. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Aside from, aside from the outdoor things, like we're going to have a pretty small, a small group. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. We're not, it's not like it's in our, in the past we would have had 20 people there. Right. 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 Uh, and it's good. It's good. Like I said, we're and we'll have people in masks and people and not. But it's it's another one of those things where, unlike often media or news, will like to tell you about America being so hater on each other. We we're not that way. You know, if we respect other mm-hmm. people's things, some people aren't comfortable coming, or and we respect not just respect that we're supportive of that kind of a thing, and we're still great friends and talk and cheer with them, and they talk and cheer yep. with us and. Um, and if someone feels uncomfortable, we're totally fine with work and ever need. So that's what we're doing. Just kind of this saying it out there to the world. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be a small group and we're, we've got big spaces and we're doing big spaces and I'm, and I'm, I am excited to do that, to see my friends in person safely, you know, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in a good way. And as we do talk about COVID thing, you know, there's, there's a, um, what, what's the phrase I'm thinking of here? A, a risk associated with everything these days, right? And and what is an acceptable sure. risk? And when you go see family or whoever it is, you make that risk choice, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's that's that's life, right? Yes. You, you, every time you get in a in a vehicle, you're taking a risk. Yes. And and this is something that like we don't yeah. we we long time listeners of the show know that we always have had for years weekly 
get-togethers. We are really blessed mm, with right. good friends who multiple times a week will get together and hang out mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, and we have cut that down. We don't do that. So this is one of those things that we have chosen the risk to not do those things. But yeah, that hasn't happened since like February. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I guess there's a long preface yeah, to say so, that. So we're... We're looking forward to that. I did. Um, Are there any games you're you're really looking to, to play? You're like most most looking to play. I don't. I don't really know. Um, I did uh, with my family try out a couple of new games. I got. I got um, Five Minute Mystery, yeah. which is the latest installment in the Five Minute Dungeon franchise. How, I guess. How long does it take to play? It takes uh, no uh terrible. the the mystery one I think has some variation in the timer. Oh man, it's not not but it's still like the the one you do first is like nine minutes, so it's still not um it's still not very long, which is an interesting it's an interesting sort of thing. We'll try and play it next week, but um the way it works basically is everybody has a deck of cards that are people sort of like um guess who yeah and there is a corresponding stack of tiles with those same people uh this would i mean this will be hard to describe without pictures but Mm -hmm. um you pull two of those you pull a set number of those tiles at the beginning of the game and that's your person that you're trying to find out again just like guess who okay yeah and um, and then there are other tiles that are accessories, like hats and purses and gloves and things. Yeah. Um, and you have a reference card that shows you which or which color. There are four different colored groups. So, like, I think it's something on the head, something in the hands, something you know, kind of like video game equipment. Yeah. And those course those match with the art. And. So you look at the art on the cards and you go, okay, this one, and they're animals. So you go, okay, one of them is, is sort of skin. Well, the skin is one of the answers. So it'll be skin, fur, feathers, or scales. And so you look through and you go, okay, well, if it's, um, if it's feathers, then you can take all the ones out of your hand because you split the deck up within the number of players. So if, we pull a, a tile that says, and you, you match them, they have a sort of barcode, not really barcode, but they have symbols on the edges of the tiles. Okay. So that you can, so you can tell what it is without seeing it, right? Without flipping the tile oh, over. Right, right. And so you pull a tile and it'll say, um, it'll be feathers. And you hold it up next to the, the upside down culprit tile. And if the barcode matches, then they have feathers. If it doesn't, then they don't. And so it's this logical deduction where you go, okay, they don't have feathers. So let me take all the birds out of my hand, and now here are the ones I have left. And once you get to a point, you know, hopefully before the timer runs out, where you have just one, you know, so you, like I'll eliminate all of mine, and you'll get down to just one of yours, and you're like, okay, well then it must be this lady. And you flip the tile over um, and see if you're and see if you're right. It's like... You know, like Clue or Guess Who or any of those kind of logical deduction games, but with the timer. So you're going, you know, um, kind of fast. But it's not as, um, it's not quite as frantic as like, um, 
as the five minute dungeon games because you're not just throwing cards in a pile kind of crazily. Yeah. Um, and it does have a cool little codex that's like um, it's like the thing in uh, the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> where there's this cylinder with a oh, bunch yeah, of wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah, the and codex you, type and thing, yeah. turn it. That's the, that's the sort of thing that lets you reveal those clue tiles, is you have to look at these big cards that are different scenes and find all the symbols and match them all up. And then when you flip the card over, it shows the symbols, like, in plain sight, where in the in the scene, they're, like, blended into the into the scenery. Yeah. So it's that kind of like um like a photo hunt kind of a kind of a mechanic. But then you have this cool little codex that you could spin and you're supposed to pass it around so that everybody is sort of you don't have just one person doing the 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 flipping and then everybody else is just sorting through cards like you have to kind of change roles as you go. But it's pretty fun. Cool. Um so I'm look I'm looking forward to trying that with the group. Well, and it's it's quick, so it's one of those you can always pull oh, out, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are always fun, to, you know, that you can have a lot of fun. Short amount of time. I, I, mm. I will say, I think I didn't realize it until yesterday when you had mentioned it on our chat groups is that like now I, and I'm sad that we're not going to do it. I, I was looking forward now to the, um, that legacy game that we were playing off and on. I, it doesn't seem like we may not be playing that one, but I, for, oh, for I'll like, I'll still bring it. Okay. I'll still bring it because we've not had, we've kind of had a rotating self- chair every time. Yeah, we've kind of had rotating t- I mean, I think I've been every in every game and you've been in every game, but right. we've swapped out like Chris Zahn, Trotsky one time and Pat I think. Um and Pat and I think Chris is going to be there, so if he's there, we just need a fourth and uh yeah, that's um Eon's End yeah, Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. We've talked about that a couple times. It, it's, it's a it's a deck builder. It's got some interesting sort of mechanics with the the breaches or whatever they're yeah. called that you have to kind yeah. of charge them up and then you can put spells in them. I think, I think we, we had said a long time back is that, you know, it's, it feels like it's, it's only a partial game that's working up to when it's done, you're going to have a full game. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's, it's not like, like it's massively crazy, but I like the fact that we, we do the story parts. Like we read the whole mm-hmm. flavor text and we make the thing happen. And, and that's, it's silly, but it's fun and it's good game, you know? Uh, and we play it it's Spe- kind of like a traditional thing now so yeah yeah speaking of um sort of legacy games we had opportunity i think you only played one time but we had opportunity to try the digital version of gloomhaven oh yeah now yeah, that it yeah. is now that it has multiplayer, multiplayer. Like the game itself has been out i don't know for probably like a year now but um they just patched in multiplayer a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you and I and, and Trotsky played a game, and then I think you weren't available the next week, so yeah. uh, I played, um, or did we, was it just you and me, Trotsky, or did we have a fourth? We, I thought we had a fourth. I think maybe Chris played, and then maybe. Yeah, yeah. And or then, Zahn. And then when we, Zahn. when we played again. It was again, definitely Zahn. Yeah, when we played the following week, we swapped. Me for Chris? Chris yes yeah. that's how i was thinking i was thinking we swapped zon for you but no zon was the same yeah and we we had chris in because he played Craghart uh again all right yeah yeah uh yeah it's it's gloomhaven i i, I think i might enjoy it more digitally because of the it's the less it's a tough digitally. call right like you you lose a lot of the magic of like having all the little bits on the table yeah, yeah. But, but boy the game is so much faster yeah 
Yeah, for sure. Without, Way faster. Without like people doing the math. I have a hard time um, n- like not comparing it to video games, right? Because I'm playing, even though we play a lot of digital board games right now, yeah. there's, there's enough polish in this. Like there are little miniature, not miniatures, right? It's all graphics, but they look like little miniatures. You move the camera around and it's, it's more immersive like a um like an isometric uh you know like Baldur's Gate or yeah. um well it's divinity the, the thing is that what of, you said there game. was not necessarily the it's it's the reason it's not like that is because it's not actually miniatures they're like full they move and they walk and they attack and it's it's more like uh like the Star Wars chess, you think you see Chewie do and something like or when they're playing chess, the guy walks up and goes Rawr, and attacks and kills the thing. That's what it is here. It's not like just when you play the board game version of Scythe, you move a thing over and the piece disappears. And like, it looks and it looks like the piece or obviously in person you have little. Yeah. You know, your your guys are little plastic unpainted minis unless you've painted them. Yeah. And the monsters are little cardboard stand ups. But yeah. in the digital version, like they look like little things and so it's yeah it's that that makes it kind of hard for me like i i kind of want it to be even though i don't like i want it to be more like a video game like i want to be playing a game like divinity 2 or yeah yeah no no yeah actually it's funny that's you're right it's uh it's a different cross between the the board game because then you have board game story-ish mechanics like you have Mm -hmm. you know um, just a synopsis before the thing when you kind of feel right. like you should have more of a story with people talking and going to town and instead it's just right. a static like in the game you just flip over a card and read the card right, right. and that's the story right. part and, and everything if you i'll i'll link in the show notes to the episode where we talked about gloomhaven initially because this is a game that's all cards right yeah. there are no there are no dice. There are modifier decks, yeah. right? Which is a uh, a randomness, a random generator, as we say in 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 video games. We call it RNG, mm-hmm. random number generator. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most tabletop games, that's dice. You roll dice. Some games have custom dice, like uh, Formula D. Um, but modifier decks give you so much more nuanced control of that right like you can add or subtract from your deck um it doesn't get shuffled until after you've played through it all so once you've you know as we would say in with dice once you've rolled a 20 your 20s in your discard until you get all of your you know it actually works in a way that people think um odds work yeah uh, uh, probabilities work instead of you know any given die roll could be a 20 you could roll five 20s in a row it's just unlikely yeah um but the thing the other thing that sort of gets my brain stuck in this in this video game mode is when you when you have a system in a computer you can do complicated math because the computer is doing all the math right you can do you know just go on a Go on a forum where people are talking about DPS and World of Warcraft and see how complicated the math is for all of these abilities and all this gear. And when you make a tabletop game, especially um, a self-contained game that's not something like D&D, you have to keep the math simple enough so that people can do it in their head as they're as they're playing like you play this card and it's going to go it's going to do two damage and if they have armor that's going to subtract one it's all whole numbers Mm -hmm. it's all very simple yeah um 
And that's fine. That's great. I appreciate that. But it, I have a little thing in the back of my mind going, this could be a lot more nuanced than this. Like it could be, you know, it could be a video game the way that we're doing. And it's the weird thing where like when I first played Gloomhaven on the tabletop, I was like, oh, this is like somebody took a video game and made it because, you know, who knows mm-hmm. how the how the sequence of events goes. But I think in general, we had D&D and then D&D inspired video games. Yeah. They said, let's do it like this. And then the systems got more and more complicated because they could because mm-hmm. of the math, as I said. And then we get to a point where somebody goes back and they make uh, Gloomhaven. It's like if somebody wanted to make a tabletop version of Diablo which is like Diablo is a real-time version of Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate is a video game version of D&D it's funny how that yeah uh, so and of, of course I'm oversimplifying it and probably missing huge gaps in sure, the history sure, there because sure. I'm just not familiar with it but um and so when they announced this this digital version I was like I don't know what the point of that is because what makes Gloomhaven cool is that you've made a game almost as complicated as a video game except it's a thing you can do on the table without a computer or a companion app or sure or anything like that and it's you know it just is what it is um i i, I do, still kind of enjoyed it though i mean i've yeah i i definitely did it's like you know you go and you pick your cards and you go and 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 stuff happens and it's all just a little bit faster because nobody has to move the pieces nobody has to do the math um Nobody has to shuffle any cards. Well, the the, um, the part about it going faster is is kind of key. It, it really is because it, it Gloomhaven is an expansive game that has ninety two, at least with the base game, mm-hmm, I think it's ninety two mm-hmm. possible um, dungeons adventures. or whatever adventures. Yeah, that, that you can have, and and a lot of times you know you'll want to see them all, right? If you you're playing, you want to do the the stories, um, go out on different adventures, and ninety two is a lot. And to play, if you think of it, takes. Just in this video game, an hour to an hour and a half, that's 92 to 100 and some hours of gameplay. But in mm-hmm. board game time, it's four hours each session. You, you, we That's why we ended up quitting yeah. it, because there's just it's there's, no way that we were ever going to There's set up it. and tear down. And, you know, if you what, what we talk about a lot, again, back in the in the earlier Gloomhaven uh, discussions, uh, what we call the admin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just all of this sort of bookkeeping, this kind of paperwork yeah. that uh, that you have to do, and the the big, well, you know, I know I just said the admin, but the 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 big chunk of time in this game is the decision making, the what we call analysis paralysis, yeah, um, and that's the same, right? It is like it's it's just you know people spend just as much time like trying to weigh all their options, and you have that same. Uh, sort of risk where mm. you know I can play two cards and I think my initiative's high, but it's actually pretty low, and I end up going out of order, and somebody else killed the guy I was going to kill, and all that stuff. You still have to try and communicate a little bit. Uh, they did take out battle goals, which is a yeah. uh, welcome change yeah. from my perspective. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so too. I. I will say it's something that the, the the scythe board game has that I that I really really like is a very simple mechanic. And chess did it, and one of the original ones to adopt it is like a chess clock, a clock that that you have so much time in the whole game, and then when you're going, everybody sees it. Now 
in sight, mm. you can set it to be like four hours per person. But the idea is that like right. you can see that you are t- and everyone else can see that you are the one that's taking so much time of our time mm-hmm. here. And every time you are the one, not just anecdotally, like, oh, Trotsky's taking a lot of time. Like, no, he's taken three times as long. You can as, see. As, right? Yeah. You can see the records there. That's the I like that. I, I like that. That's one of the cool things about playing. As I said, we've been playing a lot of um, digital board games. Yeah, digital board games. Mm-hmm. And the um, a lot of those systems have like record keeping yeah. in a way that a norm- like, sure, if you're playing a game a lot in person, you can write numbers down as things are happening and you could know. You know, I remember back in the late 2000s playing Settlers of Catan and we found a website that had settlers on it and or Catan as people call it now we call it settlers back then um and it would show you a bar graph of the die rolls right that's a game where you roll 2d6 and whichever uh numbers you roll the territories with that number you collect resources you know everybody's played Catan Mm -hmm. um but you could see like oh there have been this many sixes and this many eights where again like as you say uh anecdotally if you're playing in person you're like uh we're rolling we're rolling so many eights yeah you're like well the last three red you know six and eight are both red the last three reds have been eight but we rolled you know we've rolled 30 percent more sixes than right like unless somebody is sitting at the table like writing down every time a number or you know using tally marks or something nobody would have access to those uh statistics but of course in a on a piece of software it's easy yeah yeah it's 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 been it's good i mean overall i like our i think our our board game experience has been okay i know that a lot of our group still are big board game arena people i i still shy away from that and it i still think it goes back to my some part of my brain that likes flashy graphics. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm still one of those guys that still like, I have a hard time playing eight bit games that people love still these days. And I think it just goes back to that. You know, I, when I, when super Nintendo that's, came out, I was like, this is so much better than other games, but you know, <laughs> it's dumb. It's that's funny. Cause you, you have more old video game consoles. Than that's, anybody that's, I know. that's true. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, th- those aren't ones that I, I push as, like, if we're picking something new, I wouldn't say, let's let's all go no, play Super right. Mario Brothers, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I th- and, and that's not, as our buddy Trotsky would say, that's not the important part of a game. It's the, the, right. the, the mechanics of the game or whatever other aspects. But, I don't know. I, I will say that, but I... I don't know. I I almost disagree with that. I I know that every time we pick a new game, it's really stupid to say, but how it looks has a psychological effect on me. You know, when we play Clank and the cards look neat in the art style and the the board is neat and Pandemic the same way. And there's, ooh, you get little aliens or whatever it might be in a game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, For sure. And you're playing mechs versus minions, right? Those cool uh, mechs and stuff that you have and the board and it's really neat. that's a very pretty game. Same thing with Scythe. Exactly, exactly. You've got the tanks and the stuff, the mechs. But you, you then you then you can play that exact same game in a prototype stage and have you know cardboard cutouts or whatever. And it's just it's good game, but it's just not the same, right? Yeah, I think um, the opposite can be and, true as well. Yeah, I think <coughs> Conan. We've 
we've sort of uh i i wasn't around for that (laughs) game but you know we've tried a couple systems i know if you listen to the show before or in the first couple months of the of the quarantine uh stuff we were talking a lot about tabletop simulator um and you know every system has its like pros and cons right the the big thing the big advantage to tts tabletop simulator is that everything's on it yeah because it's open you know anybody can scan cards and upload them even if it's not uh you know sanctioned or or licensed like everything's on there the downsides are the the main system itself tabletop simulator takes a while to get the hang of using like Uh it's very powerful very flexible and has a lot of you know just little fiddly things if you're dealing with people who are not you know not played a lot of of video games or or whatever kind of thing and then the quality of the game really depends on how well that user uploaded you know uh, uh game game save is so like the one for twilight imperium is really good we saw a couple for gloomhaven that were also really good um some really simple games like we played uh point salad had had no scripting in it at all it was just a table and the deck of cards and so if you know the game already you can play it easily i because i'm a programmer i spent an afternoon figuring out how the how the syntax the lua syntax in that app works and got some scripts to just do the basic uh game setup because to me that's the that's the tricky part that's the thing you only do once when you're playing a game right is set it up yeah, And so you might remember how the turns go and what kind of things condition what for making points. But then you forget, like, do we start with five cards? Do we start with six? Does it go clockwise or counterclockwise? How many starting, whatever, like, you have all that stuff. Right. Um, anyway, I'm deep in the details there. Uh, we used an app called Tabletopia for a while. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was around so short that I don't remember it at all, hardly. <laughs> right. Um, it, but then it, it we felt f- like it was, um, tabletop simulator, but, um, with like sanctioned. Oh, content. in the, in the browser, it, it was, it was like TTS that ran in the browser maybe, and, and it had like, it tried to do really advanced graphics. Not, I don't mean really advanced graphics, nice, like high advanced, quality graphics, right? Advanced graphics for a browser. Like it was trying to do 3d sort of map stuff and we ended up i think that was the one we ended up having problems between mac and pc oh yeah maybe that's that was like people wouldn't get they'd get you know blanked out cubes because the textures wouldn't load in one browser or the other and it was just kind of a mess and then so like my feelings on this sort of coincide with our our group's arc of which systems we use and then the, the last one we came to is this uh board game arena old website it very much looks and runs like the that old settlers of Catan thing that i mentioned from like 2005 2006 it's all php mysql if you're a programmer and you know what that means it's all 2d you know uh, uh image sprites that that slide around it's all really basic really like ugly web 1.0 kind of stuff right but that so that's all of the negatives the positives are that every game on there has been tested and has all of the rules coded into it 
So you can't accidentally do something wrong like you could in real life or in Tabletop Simulator. Um, you just click the things that you go and it does the math for you and it shows you what... It still has a little bit of the thing where the quality of a game depends on how well it's programmed and the more um, complicated a game is, the, the stuff like uh, hover tool tips and stuff might not quite be there. Um, but for like long form turn-based stuff like i don't think i would have played terra mystica as many times as i had if we always had to play it in person like dragging it out where everybody can have their 10 15 30 minutes to look at the board and consider all their options and make a decision because i'm not sitting there waiting right because they're doing that while i'm sleeping or working (laughs) or whatever um it really i mean that's just i'm just talking about asynchronous gameplay like that's a thing that i've missed since our group has uh we went through a a big wave of playing carcassonne back in like 2010 yeah some of it some of it though can um i mean that's games that take that inherently has a lot of of you know time thinking in it but i i miss a lot of games like um marcus and i used to play a um a, a deck builder kind of game that we played together it was a two-player thing but we would play it while waiting like everybody was Mm. sitting around talking or going out for smokes or whatever they were doing and marcus and i would bust this out and like we would just take turns back and forth it was one of those we both played fast make mistakes so we play multiple games and if it if time was time to come and we had to quit the game in the middle it was fine but it was nice that that those games there are games that don't take a lot of thinking right? right and and when you play those on board game arena asynchronously it sucks i play i play a, a game called shards of infinity with a lot of um the icg con guys mm-hmm. and it kind of it's a little i'm used to it by now but it's a little annoying because my my turn takes a whole three minutes at most and mm-hmm. and then i have to wait a day until they decide to take their next three minute turn <laughs> right so a game that that should take five to ten minutes to play takes over a week right well, when uh, when we're playing games, not in person, but when we're playing games live, yeah, um, you know, on Tuesday nights or whatever, when I'm waiting for my turn, I I go on my other games on Board Game Arena and take my turns. <laughs> while, we're, while we're all waiting for for Trotsky to make his decision in what did we play more recently? Uh, I don't even remember. We did. I think we did something new. We're waiting for him to take his turn. Like. Pat and I are taking our turns in Potion Explosion, Takenoko, <laughs> and Can't Stop, or something like that. And so it just gets it gets a little bit of that, like that's because you're playing you know, like sixty all, games, right? right. Like. All the things, all the things that you get from playing a board game of like keeping track of a strategy, maybe hoping the dice go your way, like all of those good feelings that you're sort of uh, uh, searching for, and you. Um, you know, you get them kind of dispersed throughout the day, throughout the week, and that's and that's kind of nice if if you like that, if you're into that. It's not yeah, yeah, as yeah. it's not as big of an ask. I mean, we had so many we had so many things we tried to do on Tabletop Simulator where like one thing goes wrong, you know, one big bug that leaves everybody sitting there for five ten minutes while we're waiting for somebody to get reconnected or to figure out what's wrong with their computer or whatever, and then it just kind of falls apart. Sure. Um, the other, 
Or, or someone, thing someone still cannot remember to just press the alt key. Like they just still can't figure right. that out. Right. right. Just, just sort of muscle memory in the, <laughs> in the, or, you know, just the learning curve for, for any kind of app, you know, you sit somebody down to try and use Photoshop for the first time. And they're like, can't I just edit it on my phone? Um, you know, cause it's just, that's just how compl- big, complicated apps are. Yeah. The, the biggest thing, I mean, the turn-based or or asynchronous play is is big for me because I enjoy that. Yeah, um, I, I, the other I, thing, I, I do overall and thing. the the biggest reason I think that we switch to you doing using Board Game Arena almost exclusively at this point um, is just the speed. You know, because again, yeah, like we talked about true. with Gloomhaven, because the software is doing all the math. Um, you know, we play games in Tabletop Simulator, and it always always took longer than than in person. Sure. Now, it, most people didn't mind because that was our only option, right? Yeah. We were not getting together in person. Uh, before the quarantine, I could never get anybody. I think you and I tried it a couple times, but we could not get people to do tabletop simulator. It was difficult, yeah. It it was too difficult, and people, you know, people couldn't for, people couldn't remember to press the alt key. Is the thing <laughs> right from right. week to and week? Like, like aside from Fox and I and and Cogswell. Uh, the rest of you could get together and play games in person, and you're like, I don't know, well, a lot he, of work. here's another thing about and, that too is that is that we we had some of the differences. I mean, it's that's it, a lot of saying because over the last six to seven months, I guess we look at our, our broad history of playing online games and developing that things. This is mm-hmm. going to sound a bit more of an insult, but we have we have also gone down to board game arena and we have settled on a level of game that also is easy to play and quick like you say it's like oh it's faster it's easier yes but we're not playing you know as complicated games either we're playing pretty oh. i mean terra mystic is probably the exception yeah i'm but- i mean i'm a, yeah I'm, i was gonna i was gonna pull the bell on on Terramis. I mean but- that's that's the but that's the first one we've played that's been like a complicated game we played six nimit most of the time and and the other Six one him it a lot and what's um, the other one where you like go go or stay um like uh ink and seven gold. wonders these these aren't these aren't yeah. seven wonders is a lot less complicated than i thought it was before we played it on uh yeah on board game arena but just to complete the point and i'm sure i've made this point before we seven wonders was i think the first game we played as a group on yeah on board game arena and we i think we had a full seven players and I think we played a whole game in like half an hour yeah. where in person that would be 90 minutes easily, you know, with set up and tear down and people forgetting like which cards, how does the scoring on the science things work? And what, what do I have to, which things am I going to get, you know, gold to you if I, I do this thing, like the app does all that for you. And so unlike uh board game or, or unlike tabletop simulator and tabletopia to a lesser extent, instead of the games taking longer, they were much faster. And so we're like, yeah, there are a lot of things that aren't great about this. Like it looks bad and there are only so many games on it. There, there's not a lot of new stuff. It's mostly Euro games, but boy, instead of like spending a third of the night frustrated and the rest of the time only getting through one game and our whole like two, three hours of play, boy, we can get through like two big games and, and a couple of small games and you know just a just a more yeah, that's, satisfying I mean, and that, that's i mean that's what experience. i said we, we you have, know it's it's expectations right it's yeah. the thing i always talk about yeah but i i, I still maintain that 
we're not playing the big games as much. Like, and, and even Terra Mystica, we played once and then we offload it to asynchronous, right? It's, it's not, I mean, yeah. if we were, if we were continuing to play big games, you would have people be like, I don't like this so much, right? It's, if it's, we didn't, just speaking for myself, if we didn't have uh, asynchronous Terra Mystica, it would be like the Game of Thrones game for me. I would not have played it after that first, yeah, that first time. Right, right. Like so if, if we could only play it together in real time or even in person, like I would have played it once, and that's it. I'm up to like six or seven games now, and I'm still like, you know, the other big, the other big downside to having an app that does all the game mechanics for you is you're not forced into learning those mechanics, and so I'm still like, yeah, how does how does this when do I get power when this kind of thing happens? And fortunately we have our friend Pete who like figures out all that stuff. And so I just ask him and he's like, Oh yeah. When you do this, it does this, and you know, this. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like we'll, we'll, it's pros and cons. Just the, like the, the board game, the board game arena thing is I think good would be most recommended by myself to most people out there in the world. I, I would definitely say that like, if there's one online thing, that's, that's one I would recommend for the masses for sure. Hands down. Uh, but like, I still play like tabletop simulator with friends, like regularly where we play Marvel champions and, um, other games like legendary. And then we mm-hmm. play, um, like you and I used to play that. What was that one game we played, uh, that has like the haunted house type thing. Yeah. We played one game of, um, or we played a couple Arkham, of those. I remember. Arkham, Ar- Horror. Arkham Horror. Yeah. Like, see th- those are like games. Like those are some games that that have <laughs> a lot to them, and they're meatier and stuff. And yeah, those are games that like board game arena would not have, right? No, well, I mean, uh, you know, a game like you could do, uh, you could do any of the Fantasy Flight LCGs. You could do Lord of the Rings. You could do Arkham right, Horror. right, but but they don't. You could do they don't because they they can't get a license to, and it's not, uh, it's not you know open in the wild. You know the. The, all of the maps or whatever you want to call them that we use to play those on tabletop simulator, those are all unofficial because uh, the Fantasy Flight and SD, right, right. The, but but, but my, my point like, though, they have their own digital. Right. My point wasn't necessarily so the, the 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 licensing of it because to some extent you still have you know Seven Wonders is licensed. The, the thing is, is that it would not look good in a web browser based like Arkham Horror. It, with all of the things and the tapping and the moving and the, and the rooms and stuff like that, it would not work or look well on the system. Mm. And it's just not made yeah. for that kind of game, which is fine. Yeah. That's why I said when you're playing board game arena, you're not playing that type of game. Mechs versus minions would not work on board game arena. Um, so, or, right. or even scythe scythe would not work on board game arena. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Terra Mystica does it, but it's still like, Oh, there's so much on the there's screen. So much on can, the screen. Can right. I can I get and I think for card games it would probably be fine. It just depends on how much stuff is spread out because we've done a lot of games yeah. that are just cards. I think like legendary um, might might work well okay on there. Yeah. E- um, easily. It's just if they could get if they get license yeah. and there's a lot of assets. So so anyway, the, the that, board game arena doesn't have a whole lot of those kind of meteor games. That the which selection is, is, is one of the biggest is right. one of the biggest. So downsides. so we have kind of gone down to where our games are what I've always, I've told Mike before is what we call Mike's bag games, games that he carries around with him mm. in his bag. Yeah, as opposed sure, to Mike's sure. closet games, which he has. We break out and we do Kemet and stuff like that. Like Kemet would never be able to be made on Board Game Arena, but we right. loved Kemet, right, for the mm. longest time. But again, no one would play it 
on Board Game Arena because they don't have it or they would want to play it. So it's just, you know, our, our, our digital board game thing has adapted to, um, you know, COVID times and people and playing online and digitally and tolerances. And there's a lot of reasons we've done. But I think overall in these last six to seven months, Board Game Arena has become the it's least common denominator is not the right thing, but the most widely accepted of all things for pros and cons of everything. Right. Yeah. It just has the, it has the lowest barrier to entry. Sure. Right. Like even, you know, we, we played, um, we played Gloomhaven on steam and, uh, and um, the game of Thrones board game is on there now. And I'm like, uh, I got to be on my my one gaming computer and I have to be sitting here like I can now it's not great. I can get on board game arena on my phone. It's easier on the iPad. Yeah. But you know, I can have a tab open in my browser while I'm at work. And when I'm waiting for a thing to compile or whatever, I just pop out I'm like it's my turn and my okay. Me, I'm going to take this tile and do this thing and okay, there we go. I'm back. Wait, well, uh, this this kind of brings us to another thing in the same vein. Of okay. we've been playing Among Us here, which is not a new game, but it is also be, seeing a huge resurgence within everybody yeah, in the world. Yeah, and that the, is a game that has time, an extremely if you're low hearing, barrier. If you're hearing us talk about it, I'm sure you already know about it. It's yeah. the new Fortnite. It is the new Fortnite, and for sure, for real. Like all, uh, all Sydney, the kids are playing it. Sydney told me to. I mean, she was playing it like a, she had 150 games under her belt before we started playing it, and then mm-hmm. and then um, today she said that she. Her French class or English, one of her classes, biology maybe, ended early. Like they had an, an hour and a half long class and they got done with all their stuff in an hour. And it's the it's the last day before fall break. So they like they had free 30 minutes and a bunch of them got together and played Among Us in, in class. Nice. Like that's what they, they do. You know, I mean, that's how popular it is. The kids are playing at school. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, this game ties into the last thing about it has such a low barrier to entry everyone can Mm -hmm. do it it's very simple and it's done in quick in quick amount of time it has all those things we just said were positives for board game arena it's fast it's fast matches it runs on uh ios android and pc it's free on ios it's free on ios and even on steam it's like five dollars maybe five bucks it's very it's very inexpensive and I was hesitant about this. My my brother Andrew plays a lot of games. He has a group of friends, and they're all in their early twenties, so they have different priorities and tolerances and and whatever as far as games. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still playing League of Legends, for example. Yeah. Um, and I could tell that they were playing some kind of social deduction game because he's in the next room, and if he's loud, I can hear him yelling. Uh, you know, and he's he's throwing accusations at people about what they're doing and which room he was in when something happened. And I'm like, Oh, Andrew's playing some kind of, uh, some kind of social deception game. Hmm. And, you know, then I, then I see it on web comics or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, this, this must be the new thing with these little cartoon spacemen and whatever. And I was very hesitant about it because of the experience we had with project winter. Yeah. Um, we talked about that a couple months ago when we were supposed to do, uh, Fox Dencon the first time or Endcon, whatever we called it. Uh, and we ended up spending the whole weekend uh, playing games virtually um, instead of getting together in person. And we tried a game called Project Winner and we talked about it. It was 
it was okay, uh, but we had a lot of problems with it. We had technical issues, and the the games were very long, and the tasks that the the quote unquote good guys had to do were very difficult, um, and we just failed, you know, constantly. And every match took a good forty minutes. Yeah, and so when you know when one of our, I think Aaron or somebody pitched among us i was like uh another one of these social deception games which of course trotsky judged me for because i Cause he I don't loves like, those yeah he he loves those and i don't like you know distrusting my friends but yeah it's it's so fast and the the tasks that the the crewmates the good guys do are are just stupid simple yeah. right it's it, like, it, it is project think, winter but less less graphics less time less 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 Right. Yeah. Ev- Not in every- a bad way, but just like everything is still to the minimum. And and in almost every case, that is good. That's a welcome change. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. Everything you do is faster and easier. Once you, if you get killed, you can still do your tasks, and actually, you need to if the good guys are gonna are gonna win. So even though there's a player elimination, which is generally an unwelcome mechanic there's something for the eliminated player to still do. So they're not really eliminated. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And it's, you know, you just get in the whole match is done in like, it's five three minutes. minutes. I'm right, yeah. Yeah. Three to five minutes. Um, you get some kind of talking. I know when I was with my family, we talked about maybe, uh, maybe playing my, my little sister has been playing with her friends and, you know, we described it to my brother-in-law and my brother who have never played it. And they're like, uh, I don't know if with our family, like <laughs> playing deception games is rough with friends. It's very rough with a big family. Yeah. yeah like, you know, it's, uh, not not like held grudges like my family all generally get along, but there's still like histories and uh, kind of thing. And you get the like somebody lying to somebody's face and suddenly it's uh it's not fun anymore we did we tried to play werewolf a couple times and didn't end well so we're <laughs> like uh maybe not and and also maybe not in person like in the same room but uh you know playing over discord and having that sort of like everybody be quiet when you're supposed to be quiet that's the one thing that's like um project winner had its own voice comms that were affected by distance right when your players which was far pretty good i thought that was it was, good. It was pretty cool when it worked yeah. we had a lot of pro- technical problems with it um in in among us you're supposed to be quiet all the time unless you're in a meeting and so sometimes people will just like talk or chatter or they'll make sounds you know tells give themselves away but that's part of the fun of it i think sure yeah um this so that I, I like this game. There's I can't say anything but good things for it, it except I think I'm personally over it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll go on forever. I, it's you guys have Fortnite. played it a couple times since because I was out of town. But. Yeah, I mean, for, I'm I think I'm personally over it for the exact reasons you've said. Like I have problems with um, social deception games, not social deduction games, social deception games. I I admit the last time I played it, I had gotten offline and was done. And I remember after playing it, I was like, I was kind of done while we were playing it. Um, And Mm -hmm. when I was over, I I made a comment. It's like, I just don't think I'm good at lying games. Like I I have a problem lying to people. 
Like, sure, I yeah. can I can do it, but but I I can lie to somebody, but then when it's time for me to defend that lie, I don't like doing it. Like I can I can get over the hill of of telling you a lie, but mm-hmm. put me to the screws to it, I don't like it. Like I don't like yeah. being comfortable about it. I don't, and I don't like being seen as a deceptive person after that because that's right. no right. one trusts you again. And just for the same reason you said before, I don't like not trusting my friends. No, and, I don't. I don't like to have. You know, one of my friends who I respect and I value, and like, I get it. It's a game. Like, it's a game. The, yeah. That's that's the thing. You're supposed to try it. You know, like switch that on or off. And yeah, but I, what, I don't like to not trust my friends that I trust. Right. right. Like, I mean, that, that was person. yeah. It's like you have different relationships with different friends. That was that was one of the biggest problems with Project Winner is that we were still trying to learn it. Like, we'd have people get in and they're like, "What am I supposed to do?" You're like, oh, you come over here, except everybody knows that one to two people in this group are traitors and their goals are not our goals. So you can't like you don't want to ask questions because that seems suspicious. You don't trust anybody's answers because they could be lying to you. It was this whole mess. But in Among Us, the goals are so simple that, you know, they could you maybe spend one match of like, oh, you know, we've this guy's obviously, you know, the traitor because, it, um, you know, he has this on his screen. He can use the vents or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the game's so the matches are so fast. You're like, okay, cool, let's go again. Yeah, um, that, that that's what was the that's what I think kept it going for me for so long and not worrying about mm-hmm. it because because if someone lied to me or whatever, we could just push the button and not care. Like, oh, they're right. they're lying, and we can hurry on through this question. And there wasn't a long drawn out lying period. Uh, because you just go on the next thing. If you get sucked out or, oh, well, big, no big deal. Go on. The right. game is all over in five minutes and then it's somebody different anyway. But as we started playing it more and more, I think some of those things became a little bit longer. And and then people had multiple opportunities to be the bad guys and multiple opportunities mm. to lie. And so I start seeing like, Let's say Chris or Trotsky or something, you know, and, and they come out, and especially when you're dead, like you were killed. I'm going to use, I'm going to pick on our buddy Trotsky here. Uh, if he killed me and then he's flat out lying to all of my friends and my teammates faces, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in, in a, in a very convincing yep. be on your side, like bad way. It, it's, <laughs> it's like deceptive, yeah, backstabbing yep. way. It doesn't make me look good at him, right? It, the whole right. time I'm thinking, "Oh man, you are the worst. You are the worst. It's the worst." And I don't like that. I don't like. The, I don't like that. Yeah, it's you know. And it's when, hard, it's, when he's the good guy saying that, to, I start to feel the same way. Like, oh, I know how bad you actually are. Right. And I don't right. like that. It's and it's and it's really hard to. I mean, maybe that's kind of the whole thing. I mean, yeah. Trotsky is a guy who. Um, I mean, I've just picked on him, I mean, but that's for everybody. Yeah, it's it's part of his personality. Like, I think of it as he likes to test friendships. And that's, a, <laughs> that's a real negative way to say it. But it's it's how he differentiates uh, relationships that he values versus ones that are just superficial. Right. Sure. If you sure. can, you know, if if somebody can can say something, you know, if you can roll with the punches, if sure. you can take take an insult as a joke and and know it know it for a joke and that kind of thing like that's a that's a a truer that's a deeper 
uh, friendship. Well, he just has a higher right. tolerance for that kind of stuff. Which, than which I is do. why I say the game is still a, it's a good game, and I like it and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think though that it ha- it does have a shelf life of of that kind of because of that mm-hmm. mistrusting. After a while, now we're playing with the same people. I think like the way I understand it is that a lot of people play online with random strangers. Oh, and, and just in a and I, even through texts. Like it's just it's just that text sounds chatting. terrible. It does. It sounds terrible. But that is the most part, way it's played. Sure. I don't I understand mean, that. I, I ask yeah. Sydney a lot. Of like, so you just play with random people and then like say, ch- yeah, they just say things like, you know, uh, so that I saw somebody in the room. You know, that explains the way because Sid played with us a couple times when we and I felt bad because the first game she joined us, I was the imposter yeah. and she was the first person I saw alone, and so I killed <laughs> her and I was like, oh, sorry, Sid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, she said, so now I know she wasn't on discord with us. And so we, we could only hear her when she was talking loud enough to be heard over your mic, Yeah, but she said very little and just like did all of her, like when she was the imposter, she just pretended to do tasks. And I'm like, boy, you know, like we'd find out afterwards. And I'm like, I watched her go to the can and fill up the can and go to the engine where you, you empty out the can. I'm like. She wasn't doing any of that. She was just standing there counting, which is what uh, Andrew, my brother, does when when he's has to do that kind of thing. Yeah. But for the rest of us on comms, we're you know we're just talking, we're chatting. Now I'm bad at lying too, and so I would always just I would be quiet, or if you know if I got caught, I got caught. Like that just happens. Yeah. But yeah. if there was enough, I'd be like, well, I was here. I didn't really see anybody. I mean, the last person I saw was on, but he was going that way. You know, just like yeah. Do a little bit of that. Like, I'm not charismatic the way that Peter Trotsky are to just spin stuff, but I will, you know, state some, you know, omit some facts or just say, you know, in a way that's like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, I just I, have to roll I, I have, that I have that I whole, have that like, uh, when someone, someone says, like, well, I, you know, I think that so and so, like Michael did it. I have a problem with, like, protesting too much or not protesting sure. too much. Like, if I admit, like, if they just randomly decide to say that me for, because why not? I don't know how to react to that because my the thing you're supposed to do is defend the lie, right? You you right. have to at that point react. But if you don't react, then everybody just says, "Oh, why not?" And then so you're forced to defend a lie, and that's where I make get uncomfortable with. Sure, you know. of course, of course. I think for me, and I've talked about this in different contexts, like the effect of duration can't be i don't think can't can be can't be overstated yes i agree totally 100 um, percent. Yeah. i have this problem a lot with entertainment right with tv shows movies uh half hour versus 40 minute versus you know hbo 58 minute uh shows like how long something takes really affects my uh reaction to it and my expectations and my general mood I you agree. know when we're when we're dealing with a game like Game of Thrones or Twilight Imperium or when we play Terra Mystica in person, like I I just only have so much attention span. Yeah. Um, you know, we have different struggles that we were talking about off the air about drinking and, and you know, that effect on long things. But if we're playing a board game that's going to take six to eight hours, like I might hit a point where I'm like, man, I've been playing this all day. I need to not coming last like yeah I'm no pro- sure I'm probably yeah. not gonna win but i want to like i start to really care about it yeah um and and that's another part of the big difference between 
I know I keep comparing this to Project Winner, but it's the only other uh, social deception video game that we played. Um, the matches are just so short that I'm like, you know, I was the imposter one round and I went and I used the vent. And just as I was popping out of the vent, Aaron came in and I'm like, oh, he probably saw me. He got to the button before I did. And he's like, yep, I saw Dennis go in the thing. And I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, I can't, I can't defend that. He saw me do it. Yeah. But the match is over. We're starting a new one. I'm not upset about it because it's so fast. It's, um, it's the same thing that kept me playing Heroes of the Storm for so long um, instead of League of Legends. Because a long Heroes game is like, well, a long, long, like with pros, could go 40 minutes. But a long, quick match game with, you know, four randoms is 25 minutes. Yeah. And so if, you know, we're doing poorly or somebody, you know, goes AFK rage quits or whatever, like, it's going to be done by then. You know, people always talk yeah. about um, in those games a surrender button, right? League of Legends has a surrender yeah. vote. Right, somebody starts a surrender vote because well, that, that game's like an hour unanimous. for a match, or, yeah. right? Then, then they're surrendering. The other team wins, and that um, that option doesn't unlock until you're 20 minutes into the game. Right, so you can't you can't just look at the team builds, the team comps compositions, and go, "Oh, we're screwed. Let's surrender right now." Yeah. You have to stick with it at least 20 minutes. And so, when yeah. people on Reddit for heroes would like, "Do you think this game needs a surrender button?" and they're like. In league, it's twenty minutes. By twenty minutes into a heroes game, if you're if you're that far down that um, that loss is assured, you'll have already lost. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and Games so are over. and so you don't need that. And so because the matches were so quick, like I would, I could still get upset, right? Like there's still emotions and feelings involved, but. Uh, it was much less so than with the longer. Sure, uh, and and, and I like that you did bring up League of Legends because that that and even Heroes of the Storm is that that's why I never got into League of Legends. I thought it was a really fun game and really good and interesting and something I could really delve into. But I found that when I wanted to sit down and play with it, play it, it was taking it one match, an hour of my life away, and mm-hmm. and and I I couldn't sit down and say to my kids or whatever, like, oh, I'm going to go play with just one match. Like then you can't just play one match. Cause oh, if it's right, a bad right. match, then it's you know, whatever you want to play more. Yeah. It was, it was a terrible time sink. And, and that's a perfect example of what we're talking about here is that it just took that had too much emotional, you know, wrap up too much of a thing. And then you wanted to, I would much rather play other games. So when you play among us, you have, you, just like you said, reinforcing. It can't be understated or overstated here. I it mean, is, my, that is what makes this game so great. And yeah, and I if, I bag it on it. Look at my but not if really. You look at my played hours on the Oculus Quest on my on my VR games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guarantee you, Beat Saber is at the top. Yeah, like by right. a far margin. I mean, I watched a movie in the browser, so yeah. that's probably second. But yeah. I played more Beat Saber than all the other games that I've bought or installed yeah. combined because I put the headset on, I play a song, I play two, three more songs and I take the headset off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's fun. It's bite-sized entertainment. Yeah. Yep. And, and like I said, I've been, I've been bagging on this. It feels like I'm bagging on this game a lot, which is, it's the reasons why I feel that I'm pretty much had my fill of it, but I also want to leave this off by saying, I think it's a fantastic game. It's really well done. It's well made. It's, it's just clean, clean, clear easy straightforward 
good game design and gameplay and fun. So if you haven't played it, you should play it. Um, but there is the, 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 the lying it's centered around that someone has to lie or, or two people yep. have to lie. And it's important. Yep. And, and so it, it's, it's good. I, I enjoy it. And it's obviously, it's the big thing out right now, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Spe- speaking of long, long versus short, uh, I know recently you've been trying to, uh, cause of our, our general text back and forth, you've been watching, uh, the Ridley Scott raised by wolves on, is that uh, HBO? Is that what that's on? It's a, it's a HBO max. I'm yeah. about two thirds of the way through. So I think, um, maybe next week I'm going to be out of town all week. Well, maybe by the next time we record, I'll have uh, I'll have finished that, and we can. Well, we can talk about that later. I know I I, I kind of bring it up because that's one that feels like it's long, like yeah, it's very especially where you're at in it. It's yeah, I'm yeah. in the I'm in the lull. Right, we're working up to the, I guess third act in a serialized TV show like yeah. this. It's very Ridley Scott. It's got the the androids with the white it's very Ridley Scott. blood or whatever. Yeah. And, um, if you've seen of, any of his aliens movies and think think of the meta of aliens movies, mm-hmm. which there is meta to it, this is just the meta. It's, it's your, like yeah. yeah, it's your classic, uh, you know, old school sci fi kind of like what what is life? What does it mean to be a person? You know, yeah. what uh, what where does what part does religion play in in yeah. if if you watch Prometheus. And took out all, that stuff. all of the the horror and scary parts. You have areas with wolves, pretty much, <laughs> uh, which a lot of people would hate. That uh, I, we won't go too much into it, but I will say that it, it is it is something that has a point ish. I think okay. it is it is changing. So about the time you're watching it, things are starting to change, and then where you can see, okay, now I can see how this is more than just a one season show. Um, okay, and and I will be interested to see if you think the ending last several episodes bring it around for you or not. Because I was kind of feeling that duress when you were as well. Um, now I we said this about the boys a couple of weeks ago too, and then we I we both agreed that the boys brought it back around to feel like you was satisfied with the whole thing. I'm now that I watched Raised by Wolves first, and then the ending of the boys. I think the boys did a much better job of it. Um, okay. So, the, but I'll be interested to see what you think, how your overall impressions of, but I know it does feel like a, a kind of a slogging through ish. Um, you know, sci-fi things are hard to, to get right sometimes, but when they're trying to preach a lot, which it's funny, is it just me or does a lot of sci-fi try to preach? Well, that's, I think that's part of what I mean when I say old school sci-fi. I know you know, for me, uh, anybody who listens to this podcast will know I grew up on Star Trek yeah. and Star Trek is, you know, not not preachy, but it's it's a it's a glimpse. It's a vision like anytime you I mean, telling a story, any kind of story, fictional story is already an abstraction. But the more abstract a story gets, the more potential there is for a story to be a fable or a parable. Or mm-hmm. some kind of like, I'm going to tell a story, you know, like we, we talk, I talk about this with anime all the time. Like we watch Violet Evergarden. Um, you know, that was a show with a lot of weird questions that were never answered. That's not uncommon in, in anime. But 
um, or or even sci-fi. You know, you watch Battlestar Galactica, and they never answer any technical questions. It's just this is this way, and with this world built this way, we're going to explore these emotions or these relationships or these kind of you know government organizational like just questions of life yeah and when your setting is more abstract is more um um like distant from reality real life um you can play in this space of like well now what are the relationships between you know federation humans and ferengi Mm -hmm. like people looking at them can say well the ferengi are kind of an analog for this they're an analogy for this real thing but not quite right they're like this but they're a little bit different and when that's done well you can you can like cut through to people you can do something that people say resonates right yeah something happened they witnessed something you know we we saw this i don't know if i talked about this but when they did star trek day and they had that panel with a bunch of the actors from deep space nine um the guy who played quark said that he had over the years gotten tons of emails and people come up to him say that quark was their favorite character because they identified with the outsider the outcast right that's Mm -hmm. a pretty basic sort of um um, comparison there but when you when you abstract it you you almost make it easier for people to see the underlying thing like see that it's not this surface thing it's not you know a person's uh you know skin tone or their appearance in a way because obviously there are no real people in real life that look like ferengi but like you you hide those or or you substitute those um superficial characteristics and then people can see um the underlying truths or emotions or whatever like i went kind of philosophical with that but um well i think that i think sci-fi sci-fi has always been a genre and fantasy too to a lesser extent where you can the writer can do something like abstract as a as an analogy or just an exploration of like what would life be like if we you know in star trek we get 200 years in the future and we're all working together but there are still aliens out there that we might have to deal with and they're going to have different weird things like star trek is a very optimistic sci-fi well Um, i think more often sorry i've been talking for a while (laughs) no i was gonna say i I think that sci-fi can there's almost two categories that sci-fi can often fall fall into and and some of them is that what i just poorly said is preachy but it has something to say i should say that all, mm-hmm. there are some there are sci-fi that has something to say and they do that and then there are there is sci-fi that is um how do i say uh bite-sized or uh, adventure or kind of um you know uh, adventure is the best word, and and that's that kind of distills things down to the difference between, say, Trek and Wars in, in Star Trek. Whereas, yes, sure, Star Wars has some things to say, but when they went, they lean too hard into the things to say, then you get the prequels. 
when people didn't want that, mm-hmm. right? That's not the kind of sci-fi yeah. they want. And when you get into right. Trek and you have too much of the adventure, people say, that's not the Trek that I want. And you, so, cause they want the sci-fi that has things to say. And I know I'm just saying Trek and Wars, but this goes on to things with like Firefly as well. They're more of a thing to say thing. It's got some adventure. Yes, but it's best when they're Battlestar Galactica, same way. It's more of a sci-fi fits into the, has a thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's got vipers and there's battles and stuff, but it, it it's it's sci-fi that it sits in there is one of these two camps, and I think a lot of sci-fi fits into that when you talk about it. Um, I put like the new Trek stuff into the uh, squarely into that has things to say. Although yeah. let's say Discovery, I guess, is getting sometimes in more into the adventury type stuff. Sure, um, but yeah, I think I don't know sci-fi. You know should be talked about in that way when you talk aliens is sci-fi and aliens fits more in the adventure type thing yet ridley scott clearly had something he wanted to say but couldn't say what a lot of time he couldn't say it a lot and that's why we see a lot of alien stuff and when aliens got kind of relaunched ish with prometheus and then the other ones I think Ridley Scott still keeps wanting to talk about this. What is artificial intelligence and what is life and aliens and religion? He's been wanting to right. say that and not until really raised by wolves and Prometheus has he really been able to say like, okay, I actually let's just go full on, not talk about um, the adventure. I want to be do sci-fi with a, a, a thinking thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was saddling yeah. that to the aliens franchise, which is all adventure. Um, right. So yeah. maybe it's and raised by pivot. wolves is the heavily something to say. Sure, sure. It's yeah. I mean, like so many things it's it's a balance. Like how much can your characters in a TV show change every episode? How much of your show needs to be funny versus needs to be serious? We talk about this a lot with Marvel. Like they yeah. they lean more into comedy, but it's not slapstick. It's not the Batman you know, six Adam West uh, 60s television series. Like, it has heavy sort of serious stuff, but then there's humor to balance it out. The, you know, the thing I talked about using, uh, you know, fantasy or sci-fi, using the other or the abstraction as a metaphor or analogy for something in real life can work if it's subtle, if people don't realize it, if they figure it out themselves. If it's too obvious where, you know, you have an angry mob in the boys that's clearly Trump supporters, uh, you're like, ah, that's not yeah. okay. Like it now it doesn't work. It's sort of a risk reward uh, curve there. But yeah, I, I, th- I think yeah. that, uh, you know, I like that you brought up the Marvel thing. Uh, cause, cause I think like Marvel superheroes is a sci-fi type thing. Kind of maybe. Um, sure. Yeah. The, if I had to put that, I would put them into the generally into the adventure kind of category. But I wonder, have we seen a a something to say Marvel movie? I because I think they even like Civil War fits into the the adventure type thing. Um, maybe the TV stuff, something to say. I I, I can't Some think of, the of TV a movie stuff. I can't There's think of a movie like, that was more drama and story than with just a little bit of action. Have mm-hmm. we had one of those? Mm-hmm. I can't think of a Marvel one that's more story and No, there drama. there are Jessica bits and Jones, pieces. Maybe. Yeah, there are bits and pieces, but for the most part, it's adventure with some comedy and some drama, but very mm-hmm. little like 
you know, metaphor or analogy. M- maybe the, the Netflix Marvel things were that and, and they weren't as popular Probably. maybe because of that. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Okay. We, we've been going on a lot about this. Let's, uh, okay. When, let's switch when over we, to our, our yeah. When we were talking about among us, I thought you were going to do the segue that I pictured, which was speaking of deception. Yeah. And, uh, yeah that's and, a good, and, which is missed uh, that opportunity. Yeah. Let's, um, let's talk about our movie. All right. This week we are talking about Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 horror mystery thriller psycho so there are like four of these things i think like with okay. original norman bates and they may have made like i know they made american sequels. psycho and different stuff but there are four right. sequels to this thing i i have not looked into any of those or what their stories were or anything mm-hmm. and we're not going to really go into those today with this one but four like wow i didn't know that, that could happen uh well in yeah. So uh, there's a fairly significant uh, sort of twist that if you're paying attention, you can see coming because it's from 1960. But yeah. I'm going to hit the bell anyway. Wait, no, we, we didn't really talk pre pre bell stuff here, but. Um, well, it's it's a, it's a, it's a well-known thing, right? We all know this. Like we all know yeah. it's it's been to it's, TV it's and almost, pop culture yeah. lore. It's almost like the er psychological thriller, right? Because yeah. you've got, um, and I actually took notes. I should open those up so I can uh, <laughs> have them here. But it's um, it's Jekyll and Hyde, which I'm pretty sure predates this. I'm pretty sure that's a book. Yeah, sure, it is. It's, that's old, yeah. Um, maybe Sherlock Holmes. Not Sherlock Holmes. That's it's a, Sherlock Holmes era. It's Victorian era yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's Victorian era. Um, the, the essential element of the Jekyll and Hyde story is that the um, they have no knowledge of each other, right? Uh, yeah. Dr. Jekyll has no knowledge of Mr. Hyde. It's that sort of thing that, that's used often in um, in werewolf sort of stories. Like once somebody's yeah. in beast form, they're a completely different person or yeah. beast. And when they revert to their original form, they have no memory of what happened. It's like being blackout drunk. And so... There's a criminal who did, you know, crimes, right? Yeah. And, 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 but in the light of day, Dr. Jekyll has no, has no memory. Like the criminal disappeared, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so you have a little bit of that here. Um, and this sort of, you know, early, this is 1960, so it's early in the days of, um, studying mental illness and psychiatry, psychology, um, all of those, what we now call soft sciences. Um, and Alfred Hitchcock was one who, you know, did a lot of this kind of stuff. Last year we watched um, um, Vertigo, where yeah. uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart's character develops this sort of obsession with um with the female lead in that yeah. and uh and what and what that does to him um what did, what did you think of this story um had you you had not seen this before i i had seen it in pieces yeah right like i i and i knew all the pieces but i've never seen it in all together it's a it's a kind of thing that's hard to miss because you can see 
the elements of it that inspired so much of what came after. I mean, this movie yeah. is 80 years old. 80? That's crazy. No, is that right? Is my math 60, wrong? 60. 60 years old. 60 years old. Yeah. Still. Still 60 years old. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so I, I, I was, I'm, I'm mixed on this one for two things, but not mixed how you think. Mixed because I, I enjoyed it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and two, do, do by my past cri- grading criteria of the top 100, would I put this on my top 100? Uh, being that uh, it's there are these kind of movies that are better uh, that, that you could watch now that would fulfill that role better now because we've all progressed and gotten better and it's inspired things. Uh, to go back to your point, you, your criteria, it's important in the history of things because it has inspired and been the, the cornerstone for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that makes it from a um, art appreciation course thing worth watching and seeing. But from an entertainment thing, there are probably other ones better. Now, all that said, I also enjoyed it. Like, I liked all of it. I liked that um, we're in the spoiler section here. I like that the the what you think is the main protagonist dies like forty minutes into the show. Yeah, like at, like at, at, at the, I mean, maybe early. The, maybe you'd call that the second act. I don't know where it is in the in the act. There's like three acts, right? She yeah, dies in the first, and then there's the 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 police, the detective that comes, and he dies. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, and then you realize that Norman is the main character. Right. I'll say for me, because I already knew the ending, and I've seen this before, but it was a long time ago, yeah. so I didn't remember details. Um, yeah, and I knew I knew that Norman was her. I didn't know that. Yeah, knowing yeah. the ending, um, almost everything from uh, after um, um, Janet Lee dies, uh, I was I was less interested. You know, yeah. I was just sort of waiting for it to play out where while her story was still going, I was more fascinated by it. It's like there's this whole thing with the money, which I, yeah. you know, being who I am, I couldn't I couldn't resist looking up. And I think I texted you when this yeah. when I found yeah. this a um, dollar in 1960 is worth about a dollar 80 now. No, eight, eight dollars, eight dollars, right? Eight yeah. or 80 something. So yeah. the forty dollars that she walks away with is worth about three hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, right. And the seven hundred that she pays the balance of to get a new car is about six thousand. Yeah. So that always helps me like put it in perspective. Almost I don't I shouldn't say almost everything, because there's a lot about this setting that's clearly a product of its time, like the hotel with the desk and the keys and the yeah. phones and all of this tech. But like the things about people and how people get obsessed with things and like yeah. the highway moved so his hotel is running down like that's all the same now yeah. as it was yeah. 60 Relation- years ago she even has like a relationship with a guy that they don't want to commit and this yeah this yeah. like complicated sort of relationship and um, and obviously multiple personalities is is a thing we know much more right, about now right, right? and but Which 1960 it was not well known anyway we didn't right. we didn't have a lot but of that for me it just helps me like get the emotions right like the the guy's in the office and he's got this cash and they're like mm-hmm. oh 40 grand and i'm like okay well 40 grand is a lot but it's not worth running know, off for it yeah it's it's not mad money and you know then i look it up and i'm like okay 350 it's not millions but it's, it's still yeah it's, it's still like someone buy, almost dropping you like half a million dollars in cash in your hand yeah it's enough yeah. to buy a really nice house 
and then she just you know runs with, and then you know again the six for the car i'm like 700 that, that doesn't seem very much like a trade in a car, and get, car right yeah. but but six grand is not you know it's nothing to sniff at yeah and so um that you know just just helped me yeah uh, the, that in perspective. I, I will say that there was that whole thing with her was it was just so interesting because it was so detailed this show does i'm watching it in a modern time Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things we've watched in the past that, like you said, are product of your time. And yeah, that you, you can't get away from that, some of the stuff. But you know what? Most of that was fine and glossed over and wasn't central. All the important things like motivations and things that they were saying about murder and how things worked out and how he reacted, Norman reacts, how she reacts, how the PI reacts, why they react this way was all well done. Like Hitchcock... Yeah. You know, they there's reasons why the, he explains why they don't go to the police. They explain right. why you know the the PI comes out and why he dies, and and he's always very kind of polite, but not too pushy like you'd think of a a, a movie PI. He's kind of like right. what really would be that way. Norman mm-hmm. is is not like oh my god, that's what you said? I'm going to say the word psycho crazy. He's crazy, mm-hmm. but he is. Like you don't see him manic or like no. crazy eyes or anything. He is no. feels very normal, but is hiding a thing and knows he's hiding a thing. And because uh, you know he cleans up after his quote unquote mother, uh, so it's well done. It's well crafted yeah. all the way through, and pretty damn well good acted by all the actors on board. Yeah, I mean we're still we're still in a time where you know this is. This is six years before Star Trek. And think yeah. about the acting in Star Trek. You know, I love yeah. Star Trek. But yeah. William Shatner in his, you know, he's outsmarting a computer. And he's yeah. telling them, if your society is stopped and it's not advancing, it's not right. protected under the prime directive. And you're like, this is so... Or Now, there's TV versus movies here. So give it right. a little a little bit of, of grace there. But... Um, yeah, still. in an era when things were still very big, very overacted, like, you know, we're yeah. well out of the silent film era by yeah. 1960, but still, like, you know... But you're still doing, like, Stella, Streetcar Named Desire, and things like yeah, that, where, where they're still overacting. Do, and People would go to a movie, you know, once a year or something, like it was a big event, like we were just in the early days of television, and the, the like... The subtlety, it's not, you know, subtle is a strong word to say for for this acting. But for the most part, like, you see a lot. Like, Janet Lee does a lot of acting just with her face, just with her expressions and her yeah. eyes. Um, and it's and not it's like all... the camera, like, zooms in her eyes to highlight it like they did in the 50s and 60s, right? No, it's, it's a little, you know, I associate that kind of stuff with uh, the original Twilight Zone. Because yes, I tried yes. I tried to watch that and it was all very heavy. It was like, just in case you forgot, we're gonna zoom in on this again. And I felt that way about the twist, and maybe maybe I felt that way because I already knew it, but I feel like if I were paying attention, if I were in the theater watching the screen the whole time, I could figure it out. Now. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know about then, like how much of this kind of media, um, you know, people were exposed to in that time. But, like, you see him, you see, you hear him talking, and they say, and, like, eventually you get, like, the 
you know, the, the old sheriff confirms that the mother is dead. And you're like, yeah. okay, so if she's dead, he's the only one there. There's only one logical conclusion. And, yeah. you know, because it's 1960, they do eventually explain everything in great yeah. detail. Like, him, this yeah. is not... Uh, um, this is not a Christopher Nolan movie with a yeah. with an ambiguous ending. And, you know, I watched some of um, Alfred Hitchcock's TV show. Like, he did not always do this. Sometimes it was just a story. Somebody went crazy, murdered their spouse, and then killed themselves. And that was the whole story. Um, yeah. Yeah, th- this just, this had, this had so many uh, just nuanced things. And you're right, like, they had to explain things. But, you know, mm-hmm. also you think back 1960s, 1960, you know, uh, multiple personalities was not a thing people knew or understood like at all. There wasn't internet where you can read on things. That is not something. So to see a crazy person act like they did on the screen, they almost had to tell you why this was, which also gave it a punch at the end. I mean, when that, that is it detective or police person comes in and he, he explains about the, the mother yeah, he's personality. A, he's, choke, a, he's a psychiatrist over. who the police, whatever psychiatrist who's been talking to uh you know norman as the mother as the mother like lays everything out so he he lays it out for the audience which again you gotta realize almost i'd say probably 90 percent of the audience has no idea about this condition or psychosis so he explains it to the audience not in 1960 yeah so so you have to explain that and then it's it's important because then they go right back to norman as the mother and then that little short monologue that he gives there at the end is very good. Now that you have just been explained what uh, multiple personalities are and how one can be dominant over the other, we still have to today where we have a long series called the Doom Patrol where one of the characters, mm-hmm. that's their central tenant, yeah. right? Um, and this was the first time you see something this big with this well-acted and this well-crafted um, and it's a nice twist. And then they give you a bit at the end with the, the mother, very well acted and yeah. written mother yeah. part where she is creepy that she is a bad mom and is going to turn Norman in because she can't be known as the murderer. Right. And you're like, wow, that is that is just deep and creepy and <laughs> all by itself. Right. If the mom was alive, that would be creepy and weird yeah i mean i watched that scene and i was like oh man she's gonna frame when she and i'm like wait no she's not she's not real it's they're both like it's very it was very convincing yeah so so that's why i said i really liked this show for all of that and and i i honestly had thought going into this that this would not be my thing we just go through this week but i i really enjoyed what it was Mm -hmm. and how it was uh, does it fit in the top 100 must watch before you think? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, I don't say the top 50, but, um, there are other shows that, that, that are psychological thrillers, depending on what you want to watch. Um, if I take the historical component out of it, like what it means to film history, um, it's a little bit more iffy, but it's still a solid film. Yeah. Like it, you know, as we say, it holds up for being 60 years old. Um, it's still engaging. It's still entertaining. Um, I mean, it's, it's still got some things like when he downstabs her and she's like sliced. You're like, wait, he would have stabbed her, not sliced. <laughs> sure, her. you you get some special effects. You get a lot of um, a lot of very fast cuts. I think that's yeah. a, a signature of Hitchcock's style. Um, yeah. 
overall for me, like this, you know, I was a little, we, I know we disagreed or were a little iffy on, on Vertigo. I think there's probably a better Hitchcock we could put in there. Like Rear Window is not on this list. This is um, pretty good. This is a pretty solid Hitchcock. This for, this yeah. one for sure I would I would put. It's, it's you yeah. know, as I said in the spoiler section, it's kind of the er psychological horror or yeah. psychological thriller um, movie while still, you know, it's not like, you know, it is... It is 60 years old, but for that, it's still very um, engaging. I've, I've very seen watchable. now several Hitchcock movies now that I've looked back at Hitchcock stuff. I've seen The Birds and such mm-hmm. and, and Vertigo in this one. Uh, this one is, I personally think this is the best Hitchcock that I've seen um, for all of the reasons that right. a movie should be good. From story tacting, crafting to acting to reasons, plausibility good and and it is it is a what people would consider what is it a uh i would say a horror, it's not a horror movie some people put it as a horror movie like back in the 80s they would they said like oh if, you know uh freddie and jason are like psycho like no they're not this is not one of the, this is a psychological murder thing yeah not i think really. because you see murder happen and you see blood it's yes. uh but, it's but not horror, like gory blood like today but yeah it's much more what we would call psycho thriller yeah, for sure, and and just, that's good. Just to say. Yeah, and and I didn't, you know, what did it clock in at like in an hour and a half? Um, yeah, hour fifty. I know that that you had said that it, it felt a little slow at the second part, but I didn't. I didn't feel that way. I watched it in one sitting, and you know, time is always relative to people who have their feeling at the time. Sure. Uh, but but uh, it it the the fact the way that the things that happened in the story, uh, the breaks that we talked about in the spoiler section, because of that, it it moved a lot quicker. And then oh, yeah. when like the, the, the last break thing happened in leading into the final act, it, it was like, Oh, that happened quickly. So now we're into a new thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, Oh, and it, it so it, it moved the story along pretty well for me. So yeah, I, I give it a thumbs up for sure. I, I still don't, I'd have to look at my big picture list to put psycho on it, but I could see, sure. I could see maybe a hundred, you know, you got a hundred movies. This one could be a good one to watch. It would not be a waste of your time. Right. 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 Oh, all right. So we we're coming up here close. What we've got a short week because we've got uh some games. What are we what are we doing this week for I th- our I think movie? our our best bet for this week is to try and squeeze in uh Shaun of the Dead. I think that's a good idea. Uh, that's that, one that we could one. easily put on, you know, um, you and I have seen it yep. multiple times. Yeah. We'll probably watch it with some some subset of the group maybe. Yep. Um, yep. And, I think that's a good idea. Okay. That's a good call. Yeah. And you know I'm kind of I kind of like this one anyway just because you know it's funny. It's something a little funny, yeah. It's, it's a, you know, for Halloween. We need we need a break with what do we watch Seven and Psycho and American Psycho. Yeah, we've and, been on a run here. Whew. We've still got Halloween uh, and um, a Pulp Fiction. So, well, I've not seen Pulp Fiction, so that that'll be a, a, a worthwhile conversation to have. Yeah, another uh, Tarantino. Oh yeah, well we'll. we'll Okay, cool. All right. All right, man. I think we got it. Yeah, I'm ready ready for you to, to take the trip tomorrow, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll be be down there soon. Well, yeah. you've been listening to the Front Porches episode 164. Four. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role playing or Star Trek role playing, you can check out another show. It is called Klingons and Dragons. That's at klingonsanddragons.com. We just put up a new episode. Mm-hmm. Um, getting close to the end of this. Uh, the penultimate 
adventure chapter episode. They're, the adventures are called episodes, so I shouldn't call them that because mm-hmm. I call the podcast episodes episodes. That's confusing. Okay. Anyway, check that out. If it sounds interesting, it's not safe for work. Uh, if you have questions, comments, feedback on the show, suggestions for what we should do next year, uh, moving out of our 2020 challenge and into whatever we're going to do next, yeah. uh, you can hit us up via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com and use the contact forms over there. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Overcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>